still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be comfortable. Just so you get the context right, that was Jesus talking to you. But there are many things that he has to say to us, but we can't really bear them now. So I thought I'd start with a story. It's a story I know something about because uh, it's about my childhood. I, uh, I had a great childhood. I loved my parents. My parents loved me back. It was a wonderful upbringing. We had a happy house. We were just kind of normal Americans. But there's one twist. You see, we came from two different families, my sisters and I. Uh, same parents, but my sisters were born 15 and 17 years before I was. So it was as if there were these two families united by mom and dad, and whenever they would appear, uh, they, it, was, it wasn't really like they were other mothers or sisters. It was like I had these three nice ladies that were uh, raising me. So the family story goes that when I was born on August 23rd, uh, on August 25th, my older sister left with my father to go to college. That was before I even got home. Because then, that, those are the luxury days. Women stayed in the hospital for a week to recuperate from, uh, from birth. So we, we never lived together as one family. But we loved each other, and I got to know them, and I'm still getting to know them at age 60. Uh, they're older than I. You can do the math. But we loved each other. It was fun. It was a good, good growing up. We had kind of a normal house in St. Petersburg, Florida. I went away to college. I came back to that house. I, I've never lived in a different house. I'd never even lived in a different bedroom uh, in a house. That was my bedroom, and I think it was actually my bed. That was my bed. And so when I got married, we, of course, had our own house. And then, I don't know, maybe five, six, eight years later, my parents did the unthinkable. Without even consulting me, they sold their house. <laughs> now, those are knowing laughs that you just gave. I think either you have been perpetrators of that or you have been perpetrated upon. One of the two. But you get what's going on here. They sold my house right out from under me. And they tried to make it all better by giving us stuff, giving us furniture and china and, you know, all the stuff of life. And okay, it felt a little better that way. Uh, it was nice to have some of the, the, the doodads and trinkets and things to sit on and chests to put things in from growing up. But they sold my house. My mother always said, but we're doing it for you, honey, you and your sister, so you don't have to deal with this. They bought a condo, which after a couple years, I, I came to appreciate it's a good idea when you get into your 70s and 80s that you don't have to mow lawns and worry about leaky roofs and even change light bulbs. That's not bad. So I forgave them for selling my house. My mom died. My dad lived in this condo for a while, but then he got old, late 80s. And he decided to move in with my sister, the older sister. So he did. And they got rid of the rest of the stuff except for a few things that he took down to her house because he had a room there. And eventually, he got rid of those things, too. When he was 92, he said to me, he said, you know, Kurt, 
pretty soon I get to die. And he meant that as a hopeful statement. He was looking forward to it. And in fact, he did in several months. Carol, my older sister, called and said, uh, you, you know, there's just, there's just paper stuff, accounts and things like that, and those have all been taken care of. But he had one thing, he had one thing left, and he wanted you to have it. What is this thing? What is this one thing? So I drove down to Fort Myers, and I, I picked up that thing. It was a black Samsonite briefcase. That was as fancy as he got, Samsonite briefcase. And, and I've seen so many of them in my life, I'm confident some of you had this briefcase. It, it came with two sheets of sticky letters, A through Z, and you could put your initials on either side of the handle. His were H.D., Harry Dunkel. You, you probably remember those, hanging around. So that's what, that's what I got. I got a black Samsonite briefcase. I took it back up here, and, and I left it. I left it in our bedroom for a while. Frankly, I was, I was sad, but I was excited to see what would be inside. And I was scared. All those motions all together, all together. And so one day I wrenched up my courage and I decided, it's on a Saturday, I do remember, because Kathleen and the kids were out doing something. I thought, okay, it's quiet. I can do this. I'm going to cry. So I opened the briefcase, and in it were a small number of things, papers in files, last year's taxes, a couple months of bank statements, his social security card, healthcare card, those are logical things. But on the very bottom, the bottom of this small stack, was a file folder. And the tab was rather dog-eared. And in my mother's handwriting, it said, Kurt, K-U-R-T. I knew those files. She had, a, she had a file cabinet in the utility room of our house, my house that they sold, with all sorts of things, you know, the air conditioner repair bills and uh, last year's tax returns and uh, all sorts of things. And yes, we all had files, I knew that, because in fact, at one point, uh, when I was uh, probably in my early 30s, I got in the mail a big, thick envelope full of my files, which were my school files, which I really wish I hadn't gotten because, uh, you know, that leads to all sorts of things. Uh, but nonetheless, I knew these files, and I knew where it came from, and I knew my mother's handwriting. But it was so thin, I wondered what's in there. And so I very carefully and deliberately opened the file. There was one piece of paper in there, just one. It was my baptismal certificate. Evidently, that was the most important thing my father had for me. I remember the date because I never knew the date. I, I grew up in the church. I was... I wasn't just a cradle Episcopalian, I was a prenatal Episcopalian. I think my parents had me so the church would, you know, add a number. So I knew I was baptized, and so the family story went. I was baptized on Easter Eve when our new sanctuary at St. Thomas Episcopal Church in St. Petersburg, Florida was built, and 
Apparently, I was the first male baptized in that particular sanctuary, or so the story goes. So I knew this thing must have existed. And, and, and certainly, as a priest now, I have signed many of these baptismal certificates. But I, I never connected it that I didn't know where mine was. It was just a document. But there it was, my mother's handwriting and my father's black Samsonite briefcase. It's April 21st, 1962. The reason I remember it is because I put it on my calendar and I have one of those calendars where you can put something that returns every year. And, and unlike my birthday that I certainly know, I had to learn my baptismal date. And I know it and I celebrate it and I think back on that collective memory that I don't have but the body of the faithful had. They have it for me. Baptism. Turns out it was the best day of my life. The best day. I don't think it's a big surprise that here we have two baptisms. Two. Ellie, Philip, here on Trinity Sunday. You know, Trinity Sunday is kind of like the full Monty. I mean, everything comes together. We've had Christmas. Jesus was born. We had the Passion Week where he marched to his death willingly. We had Good Friday where he died. We had Easter Sunday where he rose. We had the Ascension where he went to heaven. We had Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came. And now, all those things, all of them come together in Trinity Sunday. The problem with Trinity Sunday is it's tough to talk about. You see, I think that's what Jesus was really telling his disciples. Not about the liturgical year, but there are things that I have to tell you that you can't stand right now. You can't stand because you can't understand them. And I'm going to call generations of preachers and teachers, and they can't explain it either. So good luck. Good luck. I think it's a miracle we have baptisms today. Because when you can't understand something because of the words... Sometimes if you act them out, sometimes if you live into them, it sticks. There are all sorts of, they're good. I think uh, the organist at the church that we grew up in, Betty Lurie, used to call them old chestnuts. Good old chestnuts to try to explain it, that the Holy Trinity is like water and steam and ice. All water, but different forms. Well, that's not helpful. I've never been water, and I've never been steam, nor have I been ice. I understand the concept, but I only intellectually understand it. I don't get it right here. I don't get it deep inside. But there was something so significant, something so important, that my mother, with her own handwriting, created a file and put one thing in it, and my father kept it until the end of his life, and it was one of his most valuable possessions. It was that that indication of the best day of my life, where all of those three things, God who created me, Jesus who lifted me up, the Holy Spirit who gave me energy every day to go do wonderful things, all the way from, from mowing the labor's lawn, which is, of course, what you do when you're 16, that can be holy, to, to going to law school, to, to retiring, to doing all sorts of things in between. Those are propelled by the Holy Spirit. Those are the things that you are empowered to do to serve God. And how does it start? Well, it 
It starts right back there in a font of water. It's not magic that what happens, but it sure seems magical. It's not magic because it's deeper than that. It's real, and magic's not real. But it's magical because it is so sparkly that we can't stand it. We can't understand it. But we can live it out. We can live it out. It's appropriate that on Holy Trinity Sunday, we have baptisms to live out the fullness of what is it like to be born into a family, to join the larger family, and ultimately to be part of the family of Christ. Let's do a baptism. Let's do two. Let's affirm our own. Let's get going.